Well, kia ora koutou. He mihi mahana kia koutou katoa. Ko Libby Hunt Takawingwa. Uh, greetings to you all. In fact, warm greetings to you all. Uh, my name is Libby Hunt. And uh, I have a little um, pakatoki for you, which is a proverb. Aroha mai, aroha atu. That means love toward us, love going out from us. Kia ora koutou katoa. It's great to be here this morning. It's great to be... Um, being part of the new thing that we're doing here with the way of Jesus and just, you know, I mean, we've always been looking at the way of Jesus, haven't we? But it's just about going a little bit deeper into some of those things. And we've come out of a COVID series, you know, where we've been able to have to change things, we've had to be innovative, we've had to do a little bit of self-reflection and what's important to us. And I guess we're at the stage now of deciding what is important and what we're going to do about it and how we're going to change some things in our lives moving forward. Because we don't know what's ahead, so we have to be ready, don't we? So we've been introducing the series The Way of Jesus, and it's based on that book, Practicing the Way, as uh, we saw earlier by John Mark Comer. So you'll be hearing a lot of quotes from John Mark Comer. And so good that so many of you have ordered and purchased the book. Now... While we're talking a lot about this man in the book, we, uh, we're actually, um, he along with us as well, we're actually pointing us to Jesus. It's not about John Mark Comer, all right? So you might hear his name a lot, but it's actually about Jesus. Because without Jesus, we have nothing. He's the master, the rabbi that we look to, the one we follow and train under as apprentices, because we are apprentices learning from the master himself. Uh, so Robin spoke a couple of weeks ago about being with Jesus and uh, referred to us to uh, the passage in John 15, 1-5, where Jesus speaks of the vine and the branches. He is the vine, we are the branches. The vine nourishes the branches to produce fruit, right? And sometimes pruning is needed if there's not sufficient fruitfulness in that, that um, branch, and that can be painful, but usually that results in growth. And so sometimes we feel life's a bit painful, but hopefully it's resulting in growth in us. Remain in me, Jesus said, and I will remain in you. You cannot uh, produce fruit apart from me. So being with Jesus is being connected to him. Your lifeblood flows through him and produces life, which is fruitfulness. So that's being with Jesus. Now we're moving to becoming like him. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and let them know who did you want to be like when you were a kid or a teenager or growing into adulthood. Right, so our passage is Luke 6, 39 to 40, and it says, he also told them a parable. So this is Jesus. Uh, Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. It is believed that this parable was aimed at the religious Pharisees at the time, who claimed to know so much about God's commandments, but weren't really following them as far as their character or their actions were concerned. Um, and we also need to look at that and think, we need to do a check on ourselves. Am I providing a godly example for my children, my family, my friends? Is my character honourable before God? Are my actions following Jesus' example of how to treat others? We know with the children in our lives that they look to us as role models, right? 
What they see and hear from us is how they imitate. I remember being mortified when one of the, my kids let out a damn it in public. Now, that was back in the day when such a word drew attention. Today we hear much more colourful language from kids. Words they hear in the home, on devices, TV, on the street. A few years ago I heard a three-year-old stringing out a long line of expletives. I doubt they had a clue, they knew what they were saying, but it was a little bit of that reflection, the blind leading the blind. Who we choose to follow to model will determine whether we fall in the pit or not. So we have to make a wise choice. A disciple or apprentice, as we're talking about, trains under a teacher or a rabbi. The hope is that one day, after a very long time, remember Mike reminded us that apprentices take a very long time. (laughs) Hopefully and eventually you become like the teacher, proficient at what you do. Hopefully, Mike, proficient at what you do. So when we seek to become like Jesus, we're not trying to do it. We are training. You don't gain skills by just listening to podcasts and watching videos, right? You actually have to practice what you're being taught. That sounds like hard work, Libby. Yes, it is. It is hard work. Why do we train for anything like a marathon? I know some are doing the marathon. Who's doing around the bays? Anybody? Yes, if you be anybody doing around the that's today. Oh well, you must be here. Yes, I couldn't remember if it was this weekend or next. Yeah, um, and uh, so you know to do that marathon, maybe learn cooking skills, another language, a new skill, because we want to change something in our lives. That's why we do it, isn't it? We're not satisfied with where we are physically, so we train for strength or speed, tone, mental toughness, skill or flexibility. We train for better mental health and managing our stresses by doing a DBT course or mindfulness. We train to improve our lifestyle by upskilling in areas where we're lacking in knowledge or ability or understanding. So positive change happens. It's an outcome of training, right? When we, um, so that's what we're looking to do. So what about our spiritual lives? We talk about something called spiritual formation. And uh, that's something they study at Laidlaw. And it usually means they're practicing spiritual disciplines like prayer, uh, personal reflection, uh, looking at scripture. But Comer says, John Mark Comer says, it's not, spiritual formation is not just a Christian thing. It's a human thing. We are all being formed into something from inside the womb until death. The question is, who or what are we being formed into? Well, with Jesus, we're seeking to change from sinful people into Christ-likeness, from self-centeredness to God-centered, and from hard-heartedness to those with loving hearts. That's what we're trying to do, right? What's one of some of the things? In Jesus' teaching in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, he had thousands of people listening to him and hoping for healing. This would have included the rich, the poor, religious teachers, people from other cultures and beliefs. When you look at Jesus' teaching on the mount, it is mostly about how we should treat one another. Comer points out that at the beginning of the sermon, Jesus reminds people that each of God's commands are important. We can't say we will do nine of them but not do number ten. Matthew 5.19 says, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly 
will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Did you notice it's not just about teaching the truths, but it's about practicing. So if you just miss one, you think, oh, that's not important, then you'll be one of the least, right? You're not going to be called one of the great. Practicing and teaching is where it's at. We have to walk the talk if we're going to call ourselves Christ followers. Jesus then goes on to explain in more detail how these commands need to be outworked in our lives. And he finishes up in chapter 7, verse 24, saying, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Again, puts it into practice. True disciples or apprentices are those who obey God. They form a solid foundation that won't collapse when the trials come. You can guarantee trials will come. How solid will we be when they do? We've just had trials and challenges in the last five years. We've had storms. We've had uh, landslides. We've had the COVID. You know, there has been so much going on. Trials come. How solid will we be? What foundation have we laid in our lives? Is it going to be rock or is it going to be sand? And then Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Homer says, the best teaching to listen to is the kind that doesn't just inform us, but helps us see the difference between truth and lies. It transforms us. You know, ideas can be our downfall, because we come to believe that they are real, and we seek, and we seek to pursue the lie that they're telling us. For example, take this treatment and your body fat will disappear. Or just sit and do these exercises and you will be reformed. Invest in this teaching or training and you will be financially secure. Or even in Christian circles we hear things. Give and God will return to you a hundred times more your finances. The true God is in our church. All those others are counterfeit. Separate yourself from worldly things. Spend your days in prayer and fasting. Don't get contaminated by the world. It's okay to join in with some of these unhealthy practices because you're there to evangelize people. It doesn't matter if you do what they do. You're evangelizing them. God wants me to be happy, so why shouldn't I have all these things? There's things that are subtle ideas that come in. We believe the lie. We call it our truth. But is it God's truth? We're constantly being formed in this world, aren't we? We're being formed by the stories we believe. The world says money brings happiness. What does Jesus say? Wealth makes it harder to get into God's kingdom. Giving, not getting is the way. Giving, not getting. We're also being formed by our habits. What we do, we become. And we're being formed by our relationships. We become like the people we spend time with. In order to push back on what the world is trying to conform us to, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. 
When we accept Christ into our lives and believe he is who he says he is, then his Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, doesn't it? We know this. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we need to be careful what we feed ourselves, whether mind or body. Becoming like Jesus requires spiritual disciplines. These don't come naturally. Well, I've never found them to come naturally. <laughs> I don't know how you guys go. Um, any type of discipline or practice is hard to master. It takes repeated practice. Romans 12.2 says we need to renew our mind in order to know what God's will is. Well, how many times have we said, I don't know what God's will is in this decision. What's God saying? Which way am I supposed to go? As we practice renewing our mind, we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That's what it says. We will have the assurance that we are walking the right path. We've got to get that intimate relationship with him. So, what are some of these spiritual disciplines? Well, the things which get you more intimate with God. So, Coma refers to nine practices. Uh, practicing the Sabbath, which is about taking time to rest. Remember, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Solitude, so we can find that place of peace. Prayer, being in a loving community. We cannot do this journey alone. It takes, we need encouragement from each other, support. Reading scripture, fasting, generosity, living generous lives, service and witness. These are the nine practices we're going to be looking at over the next nine years, 18. <laughs> Even as I say the words, I can hear some of you groan. It's like, oh my gosh. Training is hard work. Making changes in our lives is hard work. Nothing good ever comes from something just handed on your plate, right? It's not about being listed into an army and being forced to do something. God is inviting us, inviting us to take his yoke, for it is light. It is easy. And when Jesus said this, he was referring to those heavy burdens the Pharisees were putting on the people. They were putting heavy expectations. We want to say to you, that's not what Jesus wants to do. He wants to give you a load that is light, but one that is going to be fruitful. So how do we do it? We need the Holy Spirit's help, obviously. We cannot do it alone. And how do we get to know what the Holy Spirit is saying? We need to take time to get closer to him. We cannot fill our lives with hurry and stress and more and more and more things. And it's going to take time. A lifetime and a long time, Coma says. And there is going to be suffering along the way. We cannot avoid that. We live in a sinful world regardless of whether we've done wrong or not. Evil is all around us. We're impacted by it on a daily basis. We cannot get away from it. In John 16, 33, it says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's our encouragement. Isn't that great? In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We learn stuff when we go through the fire, when we face challenges, when we go without uh, the biggest lessons in my life have been learned from going without. Uh, Paul the Apostle learned contentment whether he had much or little. He trusted God to provide whatever he needed, and sometimes there wasn't a cure, but God just saying, my grace is sufficient for you. And we want the cure all the time, don't we? But sometimes God wants us to go through the journey. 
because he's going to teach us more. We have to remember that God is in control. We are not. We can trust him. He saved us. He sent his son to die for us. He's fulfilled all the prophecies and the promises up to this point. He's done everything he said he was going to do, right? And there's more to come. He will complete the journey. That's what he promises. We are continually being saved from ourselves and by what, by what we learn from him. For what God has planned will come about. So take heart. I've overcome the world, he says. He calls us to follow him. We need to keep following. You don't just do it one day and then, oh, well, that's it, I've done it now. I can tick that off my list, right? We've got to keep following. We need to keep learning, keep practicing. Coma says we need to copy his lifestyle in order to experience his life. And you know what? He had a pretty amazing life, Jesus. It ended very, uh, with a lot of suffering, but then the resurrection, new life, right? How do we stop worrying? How do we break free from ha- bad habits? Certainly not just by reading a book and I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it to ourselves, right? There is a process that helps us to make that change. We know and celebrate recovery, how that works. Remember the serenity prayer. I want to read it to you because it is the full prayer and it is very much about what we're doing here. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. And that's written by Reinhold Niebuhr. The process of change requires a moment-by-moment, step-by-step approach, and we can't do it alone. We need to be in a community who love and support us, and that is why God created the family of God, and he called it the church. Yes, it's hard working with other people, going through their own stuff at the same time as you are. We can rub each other the wrong way, get our noses out of joint, get triggered by their behaviours, and they get triggered by, just as they get triggered by ours. Yet when the hard times come, and I've seen it right here at Massa Community Church, we are there for each other. We gather around, we support the hurting and the grieving. The more we practice loving one another, the better we're going to be. Author Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than they love the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest and sacrificial. If we only love the idea but we're not prepared to do the practice, we're going to actually potentially could be called causing harm. There is no ideal church or community or family. We've got to embrace our flaws. We have to forgive and we have to celebrate the strengths we each bring. At CR, we learn to be honest with God, ourselves and others and we learn to forgive in the same way. So in the end, what are we all aiming for? To become like Christ. The question we have to ask ourselves is, am I willing to give up my current lifestyle and make a change? Yeah. Am I willing? 
Am I willing to give up my current lifestyle and make a change? Am I willing to commit myself to a training program that will eventually transform me into a person who loves like Christ? Spiritual formation is not about getting better at interpreting the Bible or being so self-disciplined in my spiritual practices or serving more and more at church. It's about how well do I love others. Not just my friends and family, as was pointed out, but enemies and strangers and those from other cultures and other beliefs. How well do I love them? 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We need to surrender our whole selves to Christ and allow his spirit to teach us, to heal us, and to empower us to take his love into this broken world. It involves an inward journey of self-discovery, and what's going on that we need to deal with, and then an outward journey of love and action. So, the practice this week is the 10 minute, take 10 minutes. Tina's uh, put out a, a week one where you had to make a list of how your day looks and how your week looks. Well, if you can take a look at that list, and if you haven't done it, you're going to have to make one. <laughs> look at your daily habits, e.g., Watching TV, scrolling on the phone, exercise, eating, conversations, shopping, worry, sleep. What is each of those habits doing to my heart? Look at those habits and think, what is that doing to my heart? Is it hurting it? Is it causing me to have a judgmental attitude? Honestly, some of the stuff we listen to, by the time you get to the end of the week listening to some people's stuff is... You get grumpy. Is it adding stress? Is it affecting my relationship with God and others? It might be taking yourself completely away from spending any time with God. So I want you to choose one, just one that you feel is not good for your heart, and then replace it with a Jesus practice. And there's a list of Jesus practices up there. So it could be, Sit quietly, listen to a meaningful worship song or choose a psalm and read it slowly through a few times, asking God to highlight something to you. It could be going for a walk in nature, noticing God in the beauty or setting aside an hour just to rest and relax in God's presence. It could be about fasting or pray, uh, and reflecting. It could be simplifying. I realize this is a lot. <laughs> and each week we've had a lot to take in. Don't stress out, Right? Take the one thing the Holy Spirit is prompting you about. There will be something. And um, I love this uh, thing I listened to yesterday that Hannah sent us in this pastor uh, in this church. She was, she, they were all encouraged to t find that one person that they could reach out to um, that wasn't a churchgoer. And uh, she was like, I haven't got time for that. You know, too many other things in my list. And um, so she was quite upfront and honest. No, I won't be doing that. And then one day, she looked out her window and saw her next-door neighbour wandering down to the uh, letterbox. And it was an 80-year-old lady who was not walking very well. And she got to the letterbox and um, seemed to be struggling a little bit. And God just went... And she knew, I need to go and see that lady. It had been her neighbour for years. 
and she hadn't had a, a connection. So she went and made connection with that woman. They had coffee together, they chatted, they just enjoyed being together. And not long after that lady died. Now, it's not up for us to decide whether, you know, God decides who is saved and who's not saved. Don't know what those conversations ended up being like. She did not say, I led the lady to the Lord. She just said she loved on her. And that's all that we're being asked to do. Love on one another. So whatever it is that God is saying to you about, maybe you have to remove something, maybe you have to do something. We are all becoming someone who ends up somewhere. Why not become someone who loves Christ? Back to our proverb. Aroha mai, aroha atu. Love toward us, our God. Love toward us. People love toward us. Love going out from us to others. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful and grateful to you for your love poured out for us. Lord, for the sacrifice that your son made on that cross so that we might have life and life in all its fullness. And Lord, I thank you that uh, you uh, have sent your Holy Spirit into our hearts to teach us, to show us, to point the way of where we need to be going and Lord, how we can love others. Help us to have those stony hearts taken away, replaced with hearts of love. And I pray, Lord, that we will be willing, not just to hear and let it go, but that we will be willing to make the changes that are needed in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.